How many are excited about the Lord? Come on, are you? Good, good. I, I love our church because I know that our church is excited about God. And God is going to do some new things. And, and I promise you that it's going to be exciting. God has new things in the, on the horizon for us. It is going to be a year of prayer. And part of that is part of the message. And there's a, there's a leader out there who's kind of a, he works in the business leadership. He's a Christian. He's older now named John Maxwell. And he had one saying that I really liked. He says, he says, you got to give up to go up. And sometimes you have to give something up to go up. And, you know, Jody and I have committed ourselves as we began the new year with the Lord just saying, hey, I want you guys to fast and to fast from this. And, you know, and we're going on a Daniel fast for about 40 days and we're fasting media and just saying no media, no anything, just to be devoted to God alone. And, you know, it's, it's not a, say we're against movies or against this or that. It's just going, well, Lord, we want to take a time at the beginning of this year to really set ourselves apart for what you want to say to us. Does this mean we're going to miss the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> but, no, we're going to watch the Super Bowl. But, but, in, in it just, but we'll do it in community. There you go. How many believe that God is very, very good? Amen. And he, this is, he's giving us an opportunity this year. And we, we don't say these things lightly. We've really sought the Lord over a period of time. And we really believe that the Lord is in that message. You've got to give up to go up. The Lord's saying, I want to do exciting new things in your life. But there are some things that you're going to have to say no to. It's because there's a bunch of more things that you say yes to that God says, I will open up avenues and channels for you. Powerful ones. I read the scripture, you know, in our... Um, that we felt, and I'll just read it one more time. This will be the third time reading it. See, I am doing a new thing. Say new thing with me. New thing. new thing. He says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert. Even though it's, it's dry, and even though the, there's rivers streaming through the desert, we know that. Even in the Mojave Desert, there's deep, rich waters flowing through, but they're deep. But they're thick, and they're, they're plentiful. And he says, and I'll make streams in the wasteland. And we have those desert wasteland areas in our life. And maybe you've tried, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to quit that. But it's not just about stopping doing those things. It's about grabbing the armor and the things of the Lord and getting your grips around that. And, and, and starting to move forward in the ways of the Lord, when you start to move in the ways of the Lord, in the army, in the battle of the Lord, you will find that your hands don't have time to do the things you should be doing. Amen? How many want to join us? Come on, raise your hand up high and say, man, I want to, I want to go for it this year. Come on, raise them up again one more time. Come on, say, I, just with your conviction, say, God, I want to go for it this year. One more time. God, I want to go for it this year. And now can you just keep your hands up and say, Lord, bring my family with me. Bring my family with me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to talk about five key things that are going to be like um, was said earlier, a catapult. It's going to be catapults that bring us forward. Key things that, and I don't want you to take all five and go, you know, I got to remember what all these are. I just want you, as I'm going through, pick the one or two that really stand out to you. I doubt the Lord is speaking all five, but he's probably speaking one or two. 
And so pick the one or two that are there, and we'll, we'll get started on this right here, okay? Number one, listening is vital. Boy, listening. We've got to be listening. There's a, there's a, a great quote. It says, the question is not, does God speak? The question is, are you listening? God speaks, but are we listening? Are, are we making ourselves available? Are we slowing down our heart rate a little bit where we take the time? You know, do, do we, is it okay if we take our iPhone or our Droid phone and just put it down for a moment and just go, you know, I, you know, I could Snapchat, I could do this, I can get on there and do a bunch of stuff, or I can just go, you know what, I'm going to put it down for a moment and I'm going to make myself, my heart available. Listen, he says, blessed are those who listen to me. Blessing. And the whole world search for blessing, but it doesn't know how to get it. And here God says, the ones that get it, they're the ones who listen to me. They're, they're watching daily at my doors. You know, the door of the Lord. Knock and the door will be open. Sometimes you've got to stand near the door so that when it opens up and the Lord starts communicating, you're right there. Lord, I'm available. There's an attentiveness to our life that says, I'm available to the heart and the flow of the river of the throne of God because it comes right from that throne that we hear about in Revelation. The love flows like a river and we listen for it. And it says we do it daily. Every day, it's a regular habit. It's not a religious thing. You know, I've got to do my devotions today. It's a heart openness to the living God and saying, Lord, I'm open. And it's daily. I I want to do it regular. I wait at my doorway. I want to hear you at his doors. Blessed are those who listen. They're at my door, says the Lord. You know, they're waiting there. They're attentive. They're available. Okay? Um, Then... Listen to your shepherd. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. He, he, he confronts in, in verse 25. It's not on there. He's confronting them because they go, are you the Christ? Who are you? And he says, you don't listen to me because you're not my sheep. You're not, you're not ones who are available to, to who I am. And he says, my sheep, they, they listen to my voice and then I know them. There's a relationship with them. We interact. And we know that we come through the cross But then through the cross, the Holy Spirit fills us and then we start to make our life available to the King of Kings. And he says, and they follow me. Boy, when I go this way and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going with you. You know, the the kingdom needs this. I'll make myself, my service available to that. There's so many times, you know, people think of leadership. You kind of go up, you're just more in charge of more people. But leadership is more about following the Lord even more. It's about doing it first. It's about setting the example of first. Be the first one that's humble. Be the first one to repent. Be the first one to apologize. Be the first one to walk in holiness. These things matter. And look what it says. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. I love in the Old Testament, you know, quoting from Hebrews, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Open it up. Enter the rest. Enter the rest. The rest is Christ. Enter that rest to say, I'm forgiven. There are so many that will not accept. They refuse. I was, t- I was talking to a, a young man who has come to me for, for counsel for the last year or so. And he keeps going back to the same thing of, um, he's, he's not a part of our church, but he, he comes back and he says, you know, I just feel like I'm not doing enough. He, he goes back there, and I said, well, it's like your pride. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, 
you keep trying to justify yourself in your works rather than just accepting the goodness of Christ. And once you accept the goodness and the salvation of Christ, you realize you're forgiven. How many say amen? Amen. And you say, I'm forgiven. And now you can start walking in obedience. You start doing the right things. Not because you can find God's love. You already have God's love. Now you walk forward. But people who cannot accept the good news, they are constantly working for God's acceptance. And so they, they never enjoy their walk. They're always in pain. And God would not have it that way for us. Okay. Um, this is Old Testament listening. And, and, I, and, I, and I love this because we have to listen to our history, our ancestors, the people that have gone before us. We, Jody and I have so many different role models in our lives. And hopefully we're a role model for you of, of hey, we've walked with the Lord for a long, for quite a few years, almost three decades and so we've learned a few things about God that we can pass along. And, and in the Psalms, he, he's talking about the Old Testament leaders that are before them, some four or 500 years before. And he said, we've heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days. And hopefully you have a parent or an uncle or a grandma or a grandpa or someone or a teacher or a pastor who can tell you, God will come through for you. And he said, they told us what you did long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations. They make it so clear, Lord. You drove out the nations that were against us. You planted our ancestors. You crushed the people and made our ancestors flourish. God wants to pour out grace upon us in great power. This is how he does it. And he said, in verse 3, he said, it was not by their sword that they won the land. And if you're like me, I start to, I believe in God, I trust in him, and then he gives me a sword. And then I start, I, I'm in the power of the Lord and I'm moving things with this double-edged sword that he gives me. And then all of a sudden, I forget about him and I'm just swinging this sword and the next thing you know, I have confidence in my sword. Right? And bam, I'm confident. My sword is gonna make it happen. And then pretty soon I go, you know, I'm kind of tired. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to have to be strong enough. And so I, 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 now I'm picking myself up and I've forgotten where the power is. I've forgotten that the Lord is in charge of everything. All of a sudden my circumstances are dictating how I am and how I believe and what my attitude is rather than my relationship with God and the depth within it. Nor did their arm bring victory. It was your right hand, your arm and the light of your face for you love them. Think of those things. Your right hand, your arm, Lord, your face. That was my victory? God's face was my victory? Yes, it's what set Moses apart, that he, that he was face to face with God. You know, when Miriam and Aaron, you know, came against Moses, God comes to them and he says, you know what? You've seen my presence. You've even experienced it in a worship setting. And he says, but you know that I'm talking from Moses face to face? That he comes right up to me. He comes right to me, Moses does. Now, there's a scripture that says no one can see God and live. He didn't see the full exposure of all the glory of God. But boy, did he get a great measure. How many want a greater measure of God? We, we, this Holy Spirit that we have, this debt that's been paid, is an opportunity for us to get in closer and listen to him. 
Why? Because he loves us. He says, you love the people. That's what the scripture says here. You're my king and my God who decrees victories for Jacob. This was what the victory road is. Acknowledging it from the Lord and being a listener with him. And it says, through you, we pushed back our enemies. Through God, through you, Lord, through your power, when the enemy started oppressing me, and sometimes the enemy's fear, I don't think I can do it. I don't know if I can go forward. Whatever it is that your obstacle is, through God, we pushed back. How many have some enemies you have to push back? And, 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 and I want to encourage you, push them back. Don't, it's not just enough to get the concept. It's not enough to just acknowledge what your fear is. God wants us to face the fear and overcome it. We are overcomers. This is a part of, of what he does. He says, through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. So we have his arm, we have his, his hand, we have his face, you know, through his acknowledgement, his name. He's, and then he says real clearly, I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring my victory. I mean, he's got a sword. You need a sword. You need to go in there in battle. But you have to understand that sword is not your victory. It is the Lord who empowers you with that sword that brings the victory. We have to listen. Listening is key. Listening is vital. Listening is major. Daily, I listen at his doorstep, in his doorway. I wait and I listen. I don't know what to do. You know, I, I was I telling you about some of the people I was talking at Smith's, this one gal I was talking to, I go, can I stop you for a second? And I go, yeah. And I go, I don't think you're listening. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, you keep telling me what your problems are over and over again. And I was telling you that the Lord's the problem. Why don't you acknowledge to me either, yes, you might be right. And I, I say, or say, no, it's not right. I need more of what I need to be doing. <laughs> and I know that's confrontive, but that's my personality. And I said, so you want to, and she goes, she goes, yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. And I go, well, how has your plan been working? And she went right to tears because she knows her plan's not working. And you know, I know those tears because I've shed those tears. I know when my own plans don't work and it wears me out. I want God's plans. And sometimes you just don't know what they are and you seek him again and he will show you. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory over our enemies. You put our enemies to shame, okay? You've got to give things up to go up. You've got to push back the enemies. This is part of the plan. Say it with me. Say, listening. How many need to hear that? Raise your hand if this is, this is the one's for you. Listening. Listening. That is so important. The next one here, number two, Mission. Mission critical, mission priority. You need to listen, and then you need to understand the objectives of God. You can't just pursue your own mission. You can't just go to some goal-setting conference and just start making up goals out of thin air or based on just desire. There's a lot of things I've desired through the years that have not been the Lord. And I'm not saying that you have to be a pastor or a minister or whatever, but you have to be available to the ways of the kingdom. What is, what did, why did God create me? These are so important. And, you know, Deuteronomy there, I quoted it a couple weeks ago. I set before you today life, prosperity, death, and destruction. Like, choose. What are you going to do? And I, I love, I love, I'm going to start with an Old Testament mission, 
and then I'm going to go to a New Testament mission just to hear, just so you can see what the contrast is, okay, on the two from the Old Testament. The first one here is in Numbers, kind of building where I went was last week. And he says, speak to the Israelites because they are wanting to cross into the Jordan, into Canaan, which Joshua eventually completely took over. One by one, he drove out the enemies. And it says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into Canaan, he says, drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. And I'm not saying that you need to go in and kill your neighbor. Some of the inhabitants that you're facing are just demonic connections to the past where it's got a hold on you. Fears from the past, anxieties, lack of confidence. There are many in our congregation that just don't have a confidence. It was never spoken into your life. You never had a mentor speaking to you to tell you who you were. And so you're constantly searching, who am I? I'm not sure. The mission, drive out all the inhabitants before you. Destroy all the carved images and their cast idols. How many have some idols and some images that are carved in your own mind etched that you need to demolish and destroy? Come on, who's got some? Let me encourage you, destroy them. Don't wait. Don't say, um, four days, I'll do it. Why not just get started right now? Why not take the step and go, you know what? I'm going to destroy the image, whatever it is. Whatever you're addicted to, move it out of the way. Demolish all the high places. The high places, you know, are those idols, the Asherah poles. Or, you know, for us, let's say you're a track runner and you, you love running. Maybe it's your track shoes that represent that. You know, you just, you're so, I can't live without this. What are the things that you've lifted up that are more important than the Lord? Just ask yourself. And he says, and then take possession of the land and settle in it. For I've given you the land to possess. Take possession. Drive out the inhabitants. Destroy the images. Demolish the high places. Take possession. Take possession. Possess it. Like here, God is speaking to our congregation. Now, if you came to our church and you go, I'm just going to kind of visit. I just check churches out. I'm not saying this promise is for you, but it's not going to be fulfilled. This promise is for us as a body where God is saying, I want you to take possession of the land. Do you hear me? This is not just me trying to get excited or get some message across to get you motivated. I'm trying to communicate that we've sought the Lord and we believe that this is what God is saying to us. Take possession. I'm doing a new thing. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be something that you're not used to. It's a victory that you can't fathom. You go, I can't beat this. And he's saying, go, take it, go in there, but don't just take possession. Get rid of the high places. Get rid of the things that you devote yourself to. Anything that's hindering what you are, move it out of the way and take possession. Like I said, your hands might be busy with all kinds of stuff. But if you will grab the armor and the sword of the Lord and begin to move in it, you will see that the idols have disappeared in whatever they were, whatever fear it is. For I have given you the land to possess. I can't tell you how deep and how true this is. Listen, listen what happens in Joshua when this thing gets fulfilled. 
this is the part that just kills me. Because you have a whole group that goes in there and takes the land, and then you have a few tribes, seven in this case, and then it starts to whittle down, who have the land, and it's right there. But there's people occupying it that are the enemies of God, and and it represents to us those obstacles and idols they are blocking the path, and God, and, and he goes to them, he goes, go get it. Listen, that's what he says, the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered. Imagine tens of thousands of tens of thousands of the Israelites communicating. And they set up the tent of meeting, which was the portable temple, you know, where, where the most holy place, it was 10 by 10 by 10, and, and then all the courts of the Gentiles, and the whole place was set up, and the presence and the glory of God would reside there to demonstrate who he was. And they, they worshiped the Lord and then they brought it to the whole assembly and they worshiped. And the country was brought under their control, that whole area. And it says, but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. They didn't receive it. And li- listen, listen what he says to them. He says, how long will you wait? Like I think what they were thinking is, well, Joshua, and it's actually in the dialogue, I don't have the scripture here, but they basically go to Joshua and, they, and Caleb and they say, how come we don't have our inheritance yet? Like, aren't you, Joshua, going to take our armies and fight and win this place? Hey, pastor, hey, teacher, hey, coach, win this for me. Listen, I've coached. Sometimes you just got to run your own laps. You got to do your own push-ups. You just can't watch push-ups. You have to do the push-ups. Amen? You got you to, and, and then you start, you're weak at the end, and then you get to nutrition, and then pretty soon you get stronger, and that's the way it works. And it works that way spiritually. It works that way health-wise. It works all these ways that God wants us to grow. And he says, Joshua tells them, because they want Joshua to go in the land, they literally tell Caleb, why don't you go in there? And Caleb like looks at them in sort of disgust. Like, come on. You, you won't experience the victory of the fight of the win unless you go in there and take it. How long will you wait before you begin? Begin. That, that when, when I read this, because the, the Lord really brought me to this text, he, he brought out begin, and, and I thought, and I said, Lord, he said, they didn't even start. They wouldn't even start because you know what? When you start, you finish. Look at what Natalie was saying. She, she was saying this, once I started doing this, once I engaged, she, she was thinking like many of us, oh, I don't know if I fit in, I don't know if the church will do this and stuff. Listen, we're not going to go over to your house, spank you, and then take you to a community group. <laughs> right? We're just not going to do it. We advertise like grown-ups, Right? We put pictures up here. We write little text things over there. We'll flash the lights when we do it. We get up here as pastors and leaders say, you got to get connected. It's the only way to grow. You got to serve. You got to make God first. Next week, you got to make God first. I'm telling you, you got to make God first. Everything over and over and over again. But we're not going to go to your house, tie a rope around your neck, and drag you there. You have to man up yourself. You got to do your own push-ups. 
just the way that it is. <laughs> I had talked to somebody because I have people to confront me about, about exercise and health, and I'm very regular now, and, and God's been increasing my nutrition. But I had a real good friend, and I said, yeah, I go, you can't lose the weight. And he looked at me, and he goes, yes, you can. And I go, why don't you just shut up? <laughs> That's what I said on the inside. What I actually said sounded really humble. But, but you, you know, and, and he was talking. He was talking about you know the, the God of their stomach, and I was going, eh, I hate that scripture. That's why I skip it. I I highlight it. I highlight it with my black highlighter, right? Because I really want to pay attention to it. Then it, over the years, I go, what's that scripture mean? How many have scriptures like that? Come on, you read that scripture and go, that's for them. Because you can always find someone bigger than you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for Fat Albert. That's not for me for the cartoon character. Listen, we've got to take possession of the land. I promise you that this is a promise from the Lord. It's a biblical promise, absolutely, but it's a contextual promise for us. This is a year of breakthrough and possession. It is. We have to walk forward. We have to abandon the love of the world. Take possession. How long Will you wait before you can say, can you say it, say, before you begin? I know that there's some of you that need to start. I know that there are some of you who've said you're going to start, but you didn't take the steps. Do, do you know, we, we lay out steps for you. And there's things that have to happen in the heart that you do privately that the God's telling you. Before you begin to take possession of the land, listen, that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you. Do you know that this possession that he was giving to Joshua wasn't based on their goodness? He even says it in the text. He said, it wasn't your goodness. It was my good name, the Lord said. It was because he loved them and he promised it to them. And God is a God of his word. You may not be, but God is. And so he will do whatever he, in, in his heart, in, um, in your heart and in your life. Listen to, to make you obey and trust him. Listen to the New Testament. Jesus says, I've got all authority. He comes to his disciples. Most of you know the scripture. I'm, I, I, this is a whole sermon in itself, and I don't want to make it into that. But listen to what he says. He says, I have all authority. It's been given to me. As the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Therefore, go. I don't know what your mission is, but I know what God's mission is, and this is what it is. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Like I told my friend at Smith's, and I said, you don't have to worry, you got a brother, I'm your brother. She's got a, a fear of driving. And I told you, because I'm not going to take her driving, I said, me and my daughter are going to take you driving. And I go, you're going to learn how to drive. I don't care how old you are. It's a fear. Sometimes it's the little things that help other people. You know, I know some of you guys are business leaders. I see some business leaders in here. You, you have people under your purview. It's not just about how much money they can make for you, and you know that. It's what they can become. It's the potential they have. Amen? It's developing. I, I have young leaders around me. Who, who they don't understand really what it means 
to trust in faith completely. It's like, let it all go and trust God, just pursue it. I see them step back in fear. Let us not be those who shrink back. Let us pursue it. Amen? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. He's not just talking about the water baptism. He's talking about an immersion into the things of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Spirit, teaching them to obey. That's not hukeo, by the way, for those of you who study Greek. It's not like obedience. It's the word guard. It's literally the word guard. Like you'll see in the New Testament, hey, there was a guard over there guarding the tomb. That's that word obey there. It's meant of a watching over everything that I commanded you. All the good things that God says, Jesus says, do it this way. He says, guard it. Walk in it. Protect it. This is what God has us to do. How many say amen? Okay, number three, you can't start a year off without this, but it's attitude. Say it when you say listening. Say mission and attitude. How many know that this is the one thing you should have heard today? If you already believe that, raise your hand if with me. Attitude. Several of you, good. Attitude. This is so part great. Praising God at all times, being a worshiper of the Lord is part of the normal Christian life. Hebrews 1.19 is talking about anointing the Lord and anointing us in Him with the oil of gladness. Walt Whitman had this great quote. I like this. He says, keep your face always toward the sunshine. Then the shadows will fall behind you. Isn't that a great quote? A mediocre attitude affects you. It means when my attitude gets mediocre, and it does at times, I have a pretty good attitude, but there'll be times when I can feel it drift. What happens is I'm looking at my circumstances and I'm overwhelmed by them. When I start focusing back on the Lord and putting my hope in Him and abandoning the things that plague me, God all of a sudden fills me with the confidence. Look at this scripture, Psalm 67. He says, May the nations be glad and sing for joy. There's a great song written by this. I can't remember the author. Um, He says, For you rule the people justly and guide the nations of the earth. Selah. So we repeat it again, but I won't this time. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. That's how the song goes. May the people praise you, oh God. May all the people praise you. And, you know, and it's, it's the chorus is written, you know, so it builds up. May the people praise you, oh God. And it, the song raises up and he says, because then it, it says, the land will yield its harvest. You know, as the people praise, as the people take their eyes off of everything else, horizontal and they go vertical not because god is up there but because he is above us in stature and transcendency and it says then the harvest will yield its the land will yield its harvest that's what we need we need to possess the land and then we need to see the fruit of the land produce something that it becomes something and not just financially it has to be spiritually too our god and god our god will bless us god will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. Not not because God's going, I want everyone to be afraid. God wants the people to repent and turn to him. Turn to Christ. Many times I've seen the blessing of the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, why'd you bless me like that? It's not just because he loves me because he does. But it's like, so that your light will be a life. life. Your life will be a light to others. And they'll be drawn in. How many want to live that life? 
just watching what the Lord does. And some of you experience that. You've experienced repentance and forgiveness and redemption. Now watch what the Lord will do. He'll start drawing people to you. Number four, can everyone say it with me? Say power. Power. There is a power that comes with God because the Lord will fight for us. You need only to be still. The power of God, you have no idea what it's capable of. Seriously, no idea what it's capable of. God can do so many things. I love this because Acts 1-4, I'm going to close right here, but just a couple quick slides. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem. First, I, I want you to see this. You're just eating with the Lord. Sometimes it's that simple. Uh, trust me, if, there, if we were run by a king and you were sitting at a table and he said, hey, come here and eat with me, trust me, you'd do it. Amen? I'm telling you that the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords and God of all gods, because all the other gods are but idols, he invites you to come supper with him. Eat with him. If you will never miss a quiet time when you realize you get to hang out with the king, I promise you, you won't. Because you don't miss that time with the king. He says, he was just eating, he gives him his command, do not leave Jerusalem, wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He had breathed on them the Holy Spirit. He was talking about a power that was going to unleash, that was going to be for evangelism, that was going to be for a witness. And in the second chapter, he says, you're going to receive power because the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. He goes, you're not just going to be a witness to me local. You're, you're going to, it's going to be the city. The whole city's going to know. And not only that, but you're going to go all the way out to the extension of the city, really across our nation. And not only that, you know what? This message, you're going to be a witness to the ends of the earth. I was reading this text just an inspiration of someone who was watching and heard my message and was listening to it and was saying, wow, now inspired. God's been telling me we need to plant churches. We're going to start doing it. I was My daughter came back hanging out with a couple of our young people, three or four of them, and I, and I go, what would you guys talk about? She goes, we decided that, that God was going to call us to plant a church and we're going to do it together. And I told her, absolutely not. You're staying at our church. <laughs> I never said that. How stupid am I? Pretty stupid, but not that stupid. No, because you know what? It's exciting, right? Some of you that have been walking with the Lord, you, you, you're not lost your call, but part of our call is helping raise these young ones up. Help raise them up. That becomes our call. It becomes that mentoring. You're going to be a witness and then just faithfulness, faithfulness, faithful with little, faithful with more. Jesus gives the example. This is the last scripture here. He says, I give one, one talent. I give one, two talents, and I give one, five talents. He goes, the one with the two talents, he invests this bag of gold I give him, and he invests it. And guess what? He gets two more. He invests two, and he gets two more. The guy with the five, he invests it, and he gets five more. But the guy, he doesn't feel like he doesn't, he's only got one gold. That's all I got. It says he buries it because he's afraid about the investment. He doesn't give it back. He doesn't do anything with it. He takes what the master's given him and he just buries it. And, and he says when that 
owner comes back, he is going to take that one and he's going to say, you wicked, lazy servant. You didn't invest yourself at all. And it says he's going to take that and give it to the one with the five talents. Listen, I don't know what kind of talents and what gold and what gifts you have, but you do. You know it. Don't go by what other people have said, but invest the talent. Invest what you have. Don't invest it in everything else and not the kingdom. We're a, a company or a community that's driven by org charts. Seriously, every church has the same org chart. Pastor, he kind of preaches and does things. You know, assistant pastor doesn't like do what the other pastor doesn't want to do. And then, you know, you have a, a, another associate pastor maybe, and then you got a stuff. But that's really not how it is. It's who God has made you to be. And it's not just the pastors because then it becomes, you know, what are we learning, what we're listening. What community does, what base camp, what engaging does, it makes you the leader. It makes you the engager. It makes you the warrior. It makes you the general. It makes you the prayer. It makes you the changer. Not us. The job of the church is to equip you to do it, to be it. Amen? I am so glad that my pastor just, you know, because I thought everything would just be laid out. What org chart do I fill out? Sometimes you just need to carve it out yourself. Amen? We, we planted this church. There was no church here in this area. There was South Mountain and us and Blair Lerner at Gateway Church. Bill Young at The Rock. We were all in a little group together. And what are we going to do? I'm like, I don't know. But one thing we are going to do is we're going to stick together. We have different denominations. We have a little bit different bents and flavors. But guess what? God is moving because there's only one church. And that's the church of Jesus Christ. Not in name. Like let's put Jesus Christ in our name. But where is our hope? Is it in our works or is it in our God? Listen, I do a new thing, saith the Lord. Streams in the wasteland, right? Rain, nourishment in the desert. But you've got to step up. God wants us to answer the call. Close your eyes and I'm going to have you respond. Let's have our prayer team come up for it. Some of you need prayer. Don't hesitate. Just come on up. Just say, I need prayer. There's nobody up here. Don't worry. Just kneel before the Lord. Some of you just want to kneel where you are. But if the Lord's telling you to get up because you've got to step out, then step out of your seat and move forward. It's an act of faith. It's symbolic to God that says, God, I'm stepping out of where I am. I'm not staying there. Just step out of that area. Say, Lord, I'm embracing it. Some of you can join us on a fast Tuesday. We're going 40 days. God's telling you to give up something. Fast from something that's got you bound fast from it. Leave it behind. Go ahead. Just listen. You can either get on your knees or just come on forward. Acknowledge the Lord. You don't have to come. You can stay right where you are. We'll see you next year. We'll see you the four times we see you this year. But I encourage you to engage. If you call me pastor, just with your eyes closed, then let me pastor let me be the one who exhorts you. Another voice. I'm not going to control you, but I'm going to challenge you. 
Step out of where you've been. This is a new year. This is a new day. And Father, we just submit ourselves to you. And if that's you, just raise up holy hands to God and say, Lord, I am available. Lord, I put away the idols and the images. Lord, I put away, Lord, the idolatry in the high places. And I lift my name, I lift my eyes to the Lord. And then say, Lord, show me who I am. I will engage in the ways of the kingdom. I'll go to base camp. I will be a part of of, uh, the prayer that we have this year to make a difference. I will make myself available to serve. I will invest my gifts into the people around me, into the mission of going and making disciples. Lord, I will open my heart to you daily. I will walk in your ways. You can't do it in your own strength, but you're saying, Lord, in your victory, in your power, by your right arm, Lord, by your name, by your face, you will bring us victory. In Jesus' name, how many say amen? Amen. Can we just lift hands and praise God? Hallelujah. No clapping, just raise your voice. Hallelujah to your name, Lord. Holy and righteous are you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you. We bless your holy name, God. You are the holy one and the righteous one. In Jesus' name, amen.